Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I, this is my ambition today to wrap up my, the series that we've been in with uh, just God's promises and vision for why he, why he dreamed overflow to come. It doesn't mean we're done with that. It just means that we might focus on other things after today, but we're going to be, but, but I can tell you this, everything we're going to be focusing on is pushing into it, all right? Because we're doing this stuff with purpose and intentionality. Um, just a quick review. Last week, I, I showed you guys, hopefully this thing's going to work. I showed you guys this little seed, this tiny pine cone, and, and it, look how, like that is smaller than the normal pine cones that you see on our evergreen trees here, right? Or, or pine trees, whatever they are here. I get them all mixed up. That little thing right there is a seed that becomes, hello. Are we, there we are. I need to turn my pointer off. Is it off? All right. So, so this seed right here becomes those. And those are redwood trees, the biggest trees in the world. Okay? They, they grow um, average about 300 feet tall. Okay? Some get higher than that. But this thing right here, that crazy tiny little thing becomes those massive things. That is crazy, isn't it? And, and so, and they grow average 10 feet thick. Some are way thicker than that. I think some of them, they actually cut holes into them and a car can drive through it, right? Like that's crazy. And they, they grow on average 10 feet per year until they reach their maximum. Their average lifespan is 800 to 1500 years. That's crazy. There are some that are over 2000 years old. Can you imagine? Like over there on the west coast of California, these things, this little thing right here, you know, that thing grew over the last 2,000 years to become that, and, and, and some of them existed while Jesus Christ was on this earth. That's wild. And, and so last week I showed you guys that, and we talked about um, the, Bill Johnson often says there's an there's a oak tree inside the acorn. All right, so when you look at an acorn, you got to know that when God looks at the acorn, he doesn't just see a seed, he sees an oak tree. All right, when God looks at that, he knows that that's an oak tree. And so when God gives us prophetic promises that we have to see those, I'm getting all wrapped up in this nice gauze here. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> yes, a gauzy seed. Um, when, when God looks at this, he sees an evergreen forest. Uh, not an evergreen, sorry, redwood forest, all right? Because you don't only just see a seed, you don't just see the tree, you see all the seeds it's going to drop, and that they become seeds. So this isn't just, an, it's not just a seed, it's not just a tree, this is a forest. See, God sees the big picture, okay? And so... Um, when, when we have prophetic promises from the Lord, scriptural promises from the Lord, we might not be seeing the evidences yet, but we got to trust that there is 
a redwood in the pine cone. There's an oak tree in the acorn. Amen? We, we have to trust that God's word is seed. It's real. It grows into things and becomes a fruit-bearing plant if it has its right work. So, the, so God's promise is in this thing right here, but it's up to whoever deals with this thing the, the, to steward this. Okay, there's great potential in here, but if it never gets planted and watered and taken care of, it will never reach its potential. And so last week I quoted Bill Johnson and, and where he said that um, God, God is responsible to his promises, but he's not, it's not his responsibility for us to reach our potential. Okay, that's our responsibility. And that's how it is with the promises of God. We have to steward them. We have to believe them. We have to press in. We have to do the seasons. We've got to work. We've got to walk the process out. But if you do it rightly, the, the, his promises will come to pass. Amen? And, and we've talked about um, faith. The, the faith is believing who, that God is who he says he is. Okay? Faith is believing God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. All right? And, and we've been talking about how God gives promises, and to him, he's already been there and done that, because so, he's not confined to the timeline that we are, and so he actually lives in the eternal realm, and so he, he, to him, past, present, future is fully accessible to him. So what he promises to us, he already has been there, and he already sees the evergreen forest. It's, to him, this is a thing, all right? To us, it's a concept. It's a hope. But to him, it's a done thing. And so when we get God's prophetic promises, and when I say prophetic promises, they better be anchored to this thing. All right? But, but God's already been there and done that. And so when he promises, he tells us things, he's actually giving us glimpses of destiny. And it, gives, it helps chart our course with where we're headed because God, has, he's just telling us places he's already been that he's trying to get us to catch up to him on. All right? So that's how this stuff works. And so last week I talked to you guys a lot about um, the, 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 the faith and the need for endurance. Like we don't, we don't just need faith, we need enduring faith. Okay? We need, we need faith that says... That I, it says that, that verse in Hebrews 10, and I can't remember the, the verse number, I'm sorry, but it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. All right, so he who promised, he's already been there, and he, he's, not just given us, um, he's not just giving us wishful thinking. To him, it's a done deal, and he's faithful. But, but we who haven't got there yet have to continue declaring, confessing what we have hope in. Our hope is not wishful thinking. It's, it's confident expectation that good is coming. Amen? And so we, we anchor faith to that. And, and I, I quoted to you out of Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith comes, sorry, I was going to say the wrong one. Faith does come by hearing hearing of the word of God. That's not that verse, though. All right, but we are talking this stuff so that we're hearing it so that we can build our faith. But faith is the substance of things believed for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Did I say that right? Okay, making sure. 
I've done a few things since I read that in my Bible last, so making sure I said it right. And, and, I, and I talked to you last week about how, how um, the word substance, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, the word substance is hypostasis in the Greek, and, and it doesn't just simply mean substance, but it actually means foundational ground, okay? It's, it's something solid that, we, that you anchor to and build yourself on that thing. So when the Lord has given you something to believe for that you can't see right now, you have to trust and believe that that word, that promise, is solid. It's solid enough to build a house on, okay? But we have to continue to, to hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering. Okay, wavering means that you're, you're slipping in and out of doubt and belief. Uh, doubt, belief. Now, everything around you is going to try to test it, and the enemy will try to test it, and the world will try to test it. Your life will try to test it. The people around you who might not believe in what you're standing for might test it, but anything that comes against you might try to get you to waver, but you got to still hold fast to the, co- the confession, the declaration of what you're believing for. You've you, you got to keep declaring over yourself because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. You've got to anchor yourself no matter what comes against you that says, I will weather any storm. I will face any opposition. If I believe God's in it, He's already been there and done that. It's His promise and inheritance for my life. I have to see this thing through all the way. And if we don't see the promise of God happen, it's not His fault. It's because we gave up too soon, okay? Some promises may not even happen in your lifetime. I will say that. So that's, that's possible. But, but, but we're just responsible to stay on the trajectory towards that thing. And it's up to the Lord when it manifests, but we just can't let anything else determine the timeline. It's just Him and my faithfulness. I've got to have enduring faith. Amen? Awesome. So we've been talking a lot about the, the prophetic promises and visions that God's given us for what he wants to do here at Overflow. Um, by the way, I want to just give a quick shout out to my buddy sitting in the back row there, Owen. Wave your hand. That's a good friend of mine. Uh, he, he's, he and his family are from Revive the World down in Greenwood. Happy you're here with us today, man. He, he, he and his wife have been actually a part of our journey since before he moved here too, so they've He's prophesied into this and, and, and prayed and been a strong encouragement to us. So I, I think it's kind of cool you're here today as I'm wrapping this up. So awesome. All right. Um, I, I wanted to, again, just read us through the vision statement. Maybe. Here we are. Why don't you guys read this with me? I'll, I'll, just, I'll start us off on the count of three and you guys, you guys step into it with me. All right. One, two, three. All right. Vision is to advance God's kingdom on earth by hosting his presence and raising up a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing the kingdom. And so I've, I've unpacked this. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to remind us like the visions that God showed us and the promises he's given us. He, he like serious, he's serious about wanting his kingdom to be manifested in our midst right here. He wants it in you, and he wants it coming out of you everywhere you go. He wants it in your, in your own personal life. He wants it in your prayer closet, in your secret place. 
He wants it in your home with your families. All right, the kingdom coming from the inside out. He wants it in your workplaces, manifesting around you. He wants it in our church as we're coming together in unity every week. Every week coming together, bringing the kingdom that's within us, together, around us, so that collectively we're, we're, we're bringing the kingdom. Amen? And so, and it's not just doing Christianity. Like, he actually literally wants heaven to manifest in, in our midst. Come on. And, and, and we, we know, like, he, he's actually given us accesses in Christ Jesus to be seated in heavenly places in Christ, and that we get, to, we get to encounter him, we get to enjoy his presence and his love and his Shekinah glory, and he wants to bring us deeper in this and to manifest his love and his goodness and his presence around us more and more and more. And, and for it to start manifesting outside of us more and more and more. And so we're, we're building everything that we can um, around his presence. So we want to be a church that, that we're not just trying to advance his kingdom by works. We're trying to advance it by hosting his presence because he's the only one who can actually really bring his kingdom. Right? And so and we're building a healthy family of powerful revival. So, so we're trying to build a family, not just a church, not just a, a community, not just the overflow weekend club, all right? But we're trying to actually knit hearts together and, and know one another, be seen by each other, and, and care for one another, celebrate one another, contend for one another. Amen? Like, like I want to say, I just want to speak into that for a second. Like family, in God's mind, contends for one another and, and covers one another, puts yourself into one another and, and is a, aware of one another, not hiding out, not isolating, not just showing up, but not, you know, but avoiding cracking the heart open. Like he wants us to actually know each other so we can love rightly in the light as he is in the light. Amen. There's so much we're going to talk about in that in the future, I know. So we're trying to build a, not just a family, a healthy family. There's so much dysfunction. Jesus is the least dysfunctional person who exists. Just, he has no dysfunction at all. Every single other person who's been born of a, of a mother and a father has some measure of dysfunction, all right? And Jesus is trying to work that stuff out of us. And a lot of it is really just called maturity, Right, And so the Lord's trying to work health, healing, maturity in us, and in a way we interact with one another. None of us are perfect, but he wants to help us become more like Jesus, right? So we're becoming healthy, not just in ourselves, but in the ways that we connect with one another. So, but we're not just going to be a family of powerful, or a healthy family, but we're becoming powerful revivalists, all right? I, wanna, I just want to speak an encouragement on that because somebody last week thought that, that maybe that can feel a little intimidating to people. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> like, it's actually the most amazing thing you can ever be as a, as a healthy person carrying his presence and then seeing God show up through you as you love other people. It doesn't have to be a hard, like an like a overwhelming thing, but it's actually exciting to become a... To, to, to grow into more of this, you, you guys already are this at levels. He wants to grow us more in, in being aware that we're conduits of heaven on earth. Amen? 
And so everywhere we go, we're bringing the kingdom with us and that we're just being intentional to stay connected in that heavenly place that we're seated in and that we're demonstrating it in the earth around us. Hallelujah. And so we're going to do this as a family. And, and together, we're, we're all continuing to advance his kingdom even more. Amen. Amen. So we, we're doing it at home, but we want to increase it to the overflow, to abroad. We want to take it out and, and share it outside of this place, too. All right, I'm going to read through the mission statement real fast. I, I, I won't make you guys quote it with me. If you know it by heart, you can, though. I'll bet most of you already know it by heart, don't you? I'm just joking. Neither do I. It's a lot of words. All right. Our mission is to develop a presence-centered community that enjoys sonship to the Father, union with Jesus, empowerment by the Holy Spirit, and fellowship with the royal family of Christ. Everybody say royal family. Royal Come on. You, you, you may know to some level your royalty, but I'll bet you haven't even hardly scratched the surface what God thinks about that. We are cultivating a culture of powerful, whole, purpose-filled lovers of Jesus who will change the world by living supernaturally and loving well. We are excited to partner with the united body of Christ for kingdom advancement at home and abroad. So there's more. There's more to come. Anybody excited about any of that? <laughs> we're, living, we're living faithfully from this stuff, okay? When you have a vision, it's supposed to give you something that you're aiming at, to press into, and to give you guardrails so you don't get distracted with things that's not the vision. And I can tell you that from, from day one, we've been living from this, all right? And we've come a long ways. It's awesome. That, that's, that's gaining ground in the kingdom, all right? It's kingdom advancement. It's been happening, but there's a lot more ahead of us. And I'm excited about that, and I want to keep pressing towards it. Who's with me? Good. A couple of you. We can do this with three. That's, I trust in Jesus on that. And so all that can really be broken down in a real simple form. If I, if I can get there. No God, build family, change the world. Why don't you say that with me? No God, build family, change the world. Okay, that's a real simple form, but, but there it is. All right, so I'll leave that up there for now. And, and so during the months in Reading, the final months before we moved to Indiana, um, we were really pressing into the Lord just to get his vision for this, um, to, to be able to put to words the best we can the things that he's dropped in our spirits that he wants to do. And so that's where that came from. Who knows, there may come a time when we'll fine-tune the vision statement better, a mission statement, um, but that's what we have right now. But during that season... Uh, before we moved here, the Lord also gave us the name of the church, Overflow Church. Every time we told people what the church would be, we called, they're like, that, that makes total sense with you guys, okay? Because you hear in revival culture, you hear that word a lot, overflow. And overflow, there's a lot to that word that's powerful because the word overflow really cuts away the, the striving and, and working hard part of it. And it has a lot more connotation of, of being filled and letting God fill you so much that you're splashing outward, all right? And so the, one of the primary verses that 
gives the concept of overflow is John 7, 37 through 39. Uh, and this when on, it's Jesus it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. By the way, while I'm reading this, I'm extending that invitation to you right now. Okay? In the Spirit, I want you to, I want you to drink with me right now. If anyone thirsts, is there anybody who's thirsty in here? Me too. Me too. Any, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Come on. If there's anybody who's thirsty, okay, and I'm not talking about physical thirst, okay, if you're spiritual, if you're thirsty for God's presence, he said, come to me. He, didn't, he did not say, he didn't say, get yourself ready, do, do X, Y, and Z, and then come to me, okay? He's actually talking to you in your state of thirst right now. Simply, that's your qualifier. You thirsty? That's your qualifier. Come to me. Doesn't matter what you just did yesterday or this morning, okay? Or didn't do. Are you thirsty? Okay? Are you thirsty? Let him come to me, all right? And drink. He didn't say, come to me and try really hard to get me to fill your heart, okay? I heard that noise, and I thought there was a theme music going on behind me for a second. I was like, what in the world's happening right now? That was weird. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Lord, are you, you give me background music? This is amazing. <laughs> if anybody's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Okay, he didn't say come to me and prove you're worthy. Don't come, it didn't say come to me and, and strive to get me to flow on you. Simple. Drink. How simple is it? Well, he said, because he goes on, he says, he who believes in me. We got anybody in here who believes in him? Okay, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, we're going to have to take that echo effect off my voice. That's starting to distract me. <laughs> Sorry. It, out, out of, okay, I have to hold myself back in. I'm getting airplanes and echoes. Lord, right when you're about to give everybody exactly what they needed. I'm like, I'm like hearing airplanes, echoes. All right. Help us all. All right. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, all right? He didn't, he didn't make this hard. He just said, believe. He who believes, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He didn't even just say, he who believes that, that, that you will get a trickle to, water, to quench your thirst. That's not what he said. That's implied. Okay? That's implied. But he doesn't think small. You, you think you're thirsty and want to get your, quenched, thir your thirst quenched, right? He's thinking, no, you come to me and you believe. Not only am I going to quench your thirst, I'm going to fill you, and I'm going to keep filling you, 
and I'm going to keep filling you, and I feel his presence right now, and I'm going to keep filling you, I'm going to keep filling you until you get saturated, where every part of who you are is saturated with the river of living water, the Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you, and He's going to keep filling you, and He's going to keep filling you until you become oversaturated, and you get so oversaturated that it starts flowing out of you. And it doesn't just trickle out of you. It flows out like a river of living water. Come on. So He doesn't just want to get you filled he wants to fill you to overflowing. He doesn't just want to quench your thirst. He wants to give you so much that you can quench the thirst of everybody you come in contact with. Come on, that's called overflow. He wants to take care of you, but he wants to give you the bounty of heaven so much that it pours out everywhere around you, and other people are going to benefit from your encounter. Come on. That's what Jesus is, is talking about. Hallelujah. How hard is that? Oh, it's easy. Believe. Oh, some people have a hard time feeling God's presence. They're like trying so hard. I've been there. I know exactly what this is. I mean, it's like you just try so hard to get them to touch you. And like your, your, your butt cheeks are all tightened up from it. You're focusing so hard on how do you get this thing to happen to you? How do you believe yourself into an encounter? <laughs> Just waiting for something to happen. But Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me. I think sometimes people forget the come to me part. <laughs> They're like waiting for him to come to them. He actually is inviting you close. He wants you to believe that you actually already have the ability to come right to him. So if you, can, if you can just try to just believe that you're right with him right now, you are. Like, like don't make it any harder than it is. You, he's not stopping the flow. Your belief might be. Okay? Did you know that the river of living water has never ran dry for however many centuries and millennia it's been flowing? It's never ran dry once, not even for a minute. It doesn't fluctuate in its force. It's, a, it's an eternal flow, constant flow, right out of the throne of God, it says in Revelation 22. It's flowing, flowing, flowing. It's the Holy Spirit. He never quits. And Jesus said, just come to me and believe. What is believing? Is it, is it working yourself to convince God to do something as if he wasn't already doing it in the first place? Or is it coming to a flow that's already happening? Okay, there's a flow that's already happening, and you come to it. Instead of, instead of waiting for it to come to you, you come to it thirsty. Okay, it comes through Jesus. And he says, he says if you will believe, all right, if you will believe. What is believing? Convincing God? No. No, he, he acts... You don't have to convince him. He's already doing it. So what is believing? I'll tell you what believing is. You already watched me do it once. <sighs> believing is like letting it get in you. 
and, and letting it come in and do what it's already doing in you. It's a, believing is more of an allowance to the Lord than it is a convincing to the Lord. All right? It's, it's allowing. It's, it's a, the, the ability to believe. It's not strong-arming God. It's opening yourself, opening the, the, the valve of your heart to receive. Believing is receiving. Watch what my throat does right now. It didn't do anything. I just spit it right back. Okay? Why? I didn't have the faith. I, I didn't have the faith that I was going to be able to actually get filled. Watch this. That's going to taste awesome later. I'll let Jessica drink this. That's what a lot of people do when they're, when they're coming to the Lord. It's like, you, like he's actually there. <laughs> but you're not allowing it to come in. Who does that? Besides David, my son. No. Look how easy. Look, watch this. This is, this is so simple. Watch this. Ah, so refreshing. So good. Believing is, is opening what's blocking the flow and allowing its permission to come in, okay? It, it's, it's opening the valve and receiving what's already flowing. People make it so hard. He wants to make it simple. You can, you can believe. You can you even, here, here's where faith is, right? The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight, Okay? In other words, we, we're, our faith is trusting something's happening, even if I don't see the evidences of it right yet, okay? It's not just about sight, it's about your perception, it's about, it's about your senses, okay? So you could also say, uh, but we, we walk by faith, not by feeling, okay? You could say that too, and it'd be, it'd be accurate. A lot of times people think that Holy Spirit must not be here because I can't feel Him. Well... But are you believing? Can you believe that he's flowing and that, he's, that the river's here and he's coming on you? Can you open yourself and believe? Because it's as simple as taking a drink of water. You might not feel it, but that's okay. Can you believe it? Because if you can believe it, you're taking a gulp. And, the, and you, you can believe it again, you're taking another gulp. All right? And the river's flowing. And the more you allow yourself to believe it, I guarantee you, whether it's immediately or in due time, you're going to begin to feel the effects of transformation happening, of the river of living water filling you, and it will change you. That should have been encouraging to somebody because the Holy Spirit is trying to make this a lot easier to us, okay? It's, believing is more about receiving than contending or convincing God, right? So why am I spending all this time on that? Because we're called overflow. God, when, when, when he fills us with his spirit, and that's the, one of the most important parts of our lives, is being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and allowing him to refresh us, allowing us to get filled, allowing us to, like, prioritizing our own personal encounter with God, a lot of people don't think that it's love to put yourself before other people, okay? 
I, I need to bless other people before I can take the time to be blessed. Oh, you're missing the point. I'm sorry. I, I get that because you care for people. But what you're doing with that is you're actually removing yourself from the way that God flows. If you're like saying, I need to be a blessing to others before I can have the blessing, you, there's the, it's like a circuit, okay, an electric circuit, and, and you're, a, you're supposed to be a, a place where it conducts it, or I don't know what those things are called. It goes in, and then it goes out, and you're like, oh, but we need to focus on them. Oh, you just removed yourself from God's passageway to get to them because you cared more about them. They're not, they're not going to get it through you now, okay? You have to be part of the flow, and so guess what? Your personal encounter with God is the priority. It doesn't mean that you stop it there, but it means that if you want to change the world around you, you have to be receiving what you're going to give. Jesus said, freely have received, now freely give. You can't give what you don't have. And so God wants to fill us, and he wants to fill us so much that we're flowing outward and we're blessing those around us. This is a key of the kingdom. But that's why we're called Overflow Church. Okay? Psalms 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Come on. Like God doesn't just want to give you enough for you. He wants to give you so much that you're blessing everyone around you. That's why we say we're blessed to be a blessing. You need to get loaded up. Be the best receiver you can. He'll give you so much that you, you're changing the lives around you, even by accident. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so in that season, we were in Reading before we moved here. The Lord is like putting all this stuff in us. And, and so we're also seeking God, like we know you're calling us to Indiana, so where? And so the Lord started like honing the location in a, in a general sense. We knew that he's calling us to central Indiana so that we could be a part of the move of God that he's doing here and going to continue to increase, I believe, all right? But then the Lord, through prayer, he honed it in. He's moving us to the north side of Indianapolis. So we started, it was like, it wasn't like, specific, but it's getting more specific. We kept praying into it, and then the Lord um, made it pretty clear to us that it needed to be around the Carmel area. And I'm going to say at least for the season that we've been in. I, I don't know what God has fully in the future, but, um, but we don't have a reason to think it's not that. I'll say that. I just try to hold things loosely with the Lord. But in the fall of 2017, which was a few months before we moved here, um, Jessica and I got to come out here to, to minister and to start casting vision. How many, was there anybody in here that was at any of our vision casting meetings before we moved here? You were? You were? I feel like there might have been more. Were you there, Tony? I think you might have been there too. And so I know there's other people that aren't with us this morning. But um, we had some great connection times with our team. We brought a team from Bethel, from BSSM, to come out here to minister with us. And the Lord was just using that time to confirm to their hearts as they've been 
praying about if they're supposed to come out here and be a part of our church plant or not. And so they all got their confirmations from the Lord. And there was a lot of encounters and prophetic experiences that we as a team were having while we were here where God was just showing us confirmations of what he's planning on doing right here with Overflow Church in this region. One of the things that was an interesting theme that he kept prophetically doing over and over and over was putting it on people's hearts to either give us prophetic words um, or items that represented keys. So, so there's a real strong key theme that was coming to us. <clears throat> um, as a matter of fact, um, I'll say that in a second. Keys. And to us, we knew that represented. He was giving us keys and the keys of the kingdom for this region. All right? He's given us keys of the kingdom to unlock things of heaven into this region. All right? In Matthew 16, 18 through 19, Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. How many of you guys agree with me? It needs to be Jesus building his church. Amen. All right, and he said, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, I want to tell you that the Hades wants to prevail against it, all right? And the devil will do anything he can to try to stop the move of God from happening. But Jesus promised on the, on the church that I'm building, the gates of Hades cannot prevail against his work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, now I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Come on. Everybody say, keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Come on. And so we started that, that ministry trip off in northern Indiana, where I just went a couple, about a week and a half ago, whenever that was. And so our friend Dreen Mast, who's a pastor of a church up there, um, she, she felt God lead her to give us, give Jessica me, a painting of keys. And she, and she gave us a prophetic word about giving us keys of the kingdom in relation to us coming here to plant this church. And so there are several other people who gave us prophetic gifts with keys. Debbie, I think that you actually passed one off to me too, right? Yeah. And, and so there are several other people that gave us keys. They didn't know anything about that word. It was weird, like just all these different things. During that trip in the fall, um, Jessica and the rest of the team took a trip downtown Indy while I was in a meeting and, and they went into this building. It's one of the taller buildings of downtown because they wanted to go. I guess there's a place cl close to the top of the building that has a whole room you can look out over the city. And they wanted to go in there and just pray and prophesy. They got there right after they closed and no more visitors could come in. But they, but they saw, was it the janitor or somebody who was there? The elevator lady. <laughs> Bless the elevator lady. They told her that they wanted to come here just to, did you say you were going to pray or just wanted just to see it? Whatever happened, she was supposed to say, no, sorry, we're closed. But instead, she gave them the entire chain of like tons of keys, handed it over to them and said, have, it, have at it. Like they could have gone anywhere in that building. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like some legal, like some building had to do with the, the leadership of the city. Is that right? Mayor's building or something? It, she's saying no. What? It was a city-county building. Okay. City-county building. And so they got to go up to that observatory up to the top and look over the city and just prophesy heaven, like just declaring heaven. So keys of the kingdom. Isn't that crazy? 
And, and a few months later, before we moved here, the Bethel Intercession team prayed over us and our team and had crazy, awesome, prophetic words, and, and they handed us all keys. It was crazy. And just fun fact, after we had been established here and we did our, our second elements class, we guess where we had it? If some of you were probably there. We had it in the Carmel City Hall in the room where they make, uh, where they set the laws for the city like where the city officials meet and they create laws for the city. We got to do elements class there and, and open the heavens in that place and talk about the, the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom of God, releasing that. It was a prophetic assignment God gave us to bring kingdom culture, kingdom government, into the place where they, in the natural, are creating laws. I thought that was amazing. And, and so it was so cool how God was doing all that stuff. And so during the time that we were getting ready to plant, we started building a team in Reading with some students that were going to move out here with us and a team here in Indiana that we knew, which Darlene Fussell was part of that. And so uh, and we, and we were going to merge those two teams together after we moved here to start just as a, a church launching team. Um, most of those people were called to us for a season and are not with us, but we still have a few going strong, Darlene being one of them. Thank you. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, the Lord just started putting all this stuff together. But over that time, before we got moved out here, we were trying to seek the Lord even for more precision on the location that He was calling us to plant this thing. While we're praying into this, um, there's a city, there, there's a place on the city map that Jessica found while we were praying over the area. And I don't even know if I could find it for you now. It was a weird little spot on the bottom side of Carmel where the map kind of goes up, over, and down like a tiny pocket where Indianapolis bumps up over into the area that should be Carmel. And she felt like drawn, like maybe that's, she felt like there's something prophetic on that, that it's like both areas in one place. Does that make sense? And so um, we kind of just tucked that away in our prayers. Um, and also, when we were here in that fall, Jessica and I and the kids were driving around Carmel just praying through this area. We, we didn't know this city at all, so the only thing I knew was Keystone, because that's like the one main road, right? And so, but we were driving around clueless where we're at, but there's this one section of the city that, that we felt in our spirits. It almost felt a little mystical in a, in a way, kind of like a, you feel God's presence, and you don't know why, but it feels like home. And we found out that, that that part of the city is called the Woodlands. And so I don't understand what that is, but I just know there's a section of the city that's called Woodlands, okay? And so we felt like maybe God was saying this is where our, our church home will be. But we, it's those things you just tuck away. You don't know what that means or if it's going to even mean anything. But over the next couple of months, back in Reading, I was doing my Bible study, reading through chronological order, and that, this day, I just happened to come to this verse in Micah 17, sorry, 7.14, and it jumped out at me when I read it, because it says, shepherd your people with your staff, talking to God, right? Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your heritage, who dwell solitarily in a woodland in the midst of Carmel. I will read that again. Shepherd your people with your staff, 
the flock of your heritage who dwell solitarily in a woodland in the midst of Carmel. It's supposed to be Carmel, but we already talked about how we say it wrong here. A wood in the, uh, solitarily in a woodland in the midst of, I thought that was crazy. I showed it to Jessica and we're like, whoa, that feels like God just shoved that thing right in my face. It just made sense with what we were feeling in our spirits. And so over the next few months, um, we're, we're, you know, over those weeks, we're, we're just di- div- we're diving in. We're meeting with the leadership at Bethel. They're speaking wisdom into us about um, just how, how they see us building this apostolic work here. Um, they started just giving us insights that we've been trying to be as faithful as we can to build from. But they gave us um, wisdom on, on not just trying to build an apostolic revival center, starts, but to build a family. They, they spoke into us about building a family and going slow, building relationships, raising people up at the speed of trust and, and intimacy, all right? And, and that we'll, we'll, we'll find who the people are God's raising, but just focus on building a family. And then, and then from that, there will come the apostolic and, and revival stuff that will come from that foundation. Does that make sense to you? So that's what we've been holding in our hearts. And so um, I, I'm, I'm trying to modify how I'm trying to bring this to a closing spot, so I'm honing myself here. <laughs> what was I going to say? All right. I, I wanted to show you guys our commissioning video, but I don't feel like there's time for that right now. But at Bethel, they commissioned us on the stage, and, and they gave prophetic words over us to, and what God's going to send us here for. Some of you have already seen that, but I, wanna, I just want to say some of the highlight things they said, and I want you guys to receive these as prophetic decrees to us, okay? So I'm just going to bust through some of these. Just listen to these with your spirit, and just trust, that with, trust with me that these are things that God wants to do. All right, and again, there's an oak tree and an acorn. We're still kind of acorny, right? <laughs> but I'm believing for oak tree. Okay, so just just believe towards that oak tree with me. They they said we're going to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We're not just going to be leaders of a church or a work in Indianapolis, but leaders of a, of the global work of Jesus Christ. Come on. You guys can also give God glory anytime you feel like something like resonates with you. Please let these resonate with you. All right, signs and wonders will follow. Leadership anointing on this house. People will come and rise up and they'll be established here and sent out. Come on. Lasting, lifelong legacy on this house. Come on. That means it's going to endure. Um, spirit of breakthrough. Bill Johnson declared this, breakthroughs in realms that are new for all of us. So he believes we're going to see things he's not seen, and boy, he's seen some crazy stuff. Kingdom, the kingdom being truly established in and through us into church life, government life, school life, and everything that has to do with Indianapolis and the surrounding region. They prophesy that there will be a visitation of God, the the spirit of breakthrough that will come upon this region. Come on, who wants a visitation of God? 
That is what we're living for. Divine strategies, synergy and unity on our team. That the, the, the city will become full of houses of acts. We're going to have to find out what God means on that in, in the right season, but I believe for this, house churches connected to this place where miracles, signs, and wonders take place. Come on. Prophetic signs and wonders will happen. And, and Chris Vallotton even prophesied that there will be signs such as things like it's snowing in the springtime, you know, snowing out of season, and the, the signs that will that'll just establish the church and, and that the church will be established on prophetic declarations, miracles, wonders, and signs. And he also prophesied that our first building would be a miraculous sign from God. This building right here, whether you know it or not, was a miraculous sign from God. There's a lot that could be said on that. I'll spare you today. Okay? Um, <clears throat> oh, Sorry, I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to wrap up, but you've got to catch these key things, or I'm going to have you here for next week, finishing it up. I've got to get there, all right? I wanted to just take a minute and say this. Do you guys know where we are, this address right here? You want me to tell you where we are? We're in the Woodlands area. <laughs> we had no idea. Like, we weren't trying to find a building in the Woodlands. We just needed a building, but God gave us this place, and we're in the woodlands. It's really weird. If you go down the road to the bowling alley, it's called Woodlands, all right? It's because that's the area we're in. All right, guess where else we are? I don't know if it's on that same blip on the map that Jessica saw, but what she was resonating with happened because right here in this building, like one block over is the, is the, is the city line, the county line, right? So we're on the very edge of Carmel. But, but we, so we're in Carmel City limits, but we have an Indianapolis address. So like literally, we're in this weird crossover area between the two cities. I find that to be significant, not just, not just geographically, but spiritual regions, okay? Because God gives us domains, right, in the spirit, and we believe that God has actually done that so that he can open spiritual authorities both directions, Carmel and Indianapolis, Okay. And so this place is really important to us. I believe that right where we're at is a gateway to both cities in the spirit realm. Carmel, Indianapolis, all right? I believe that. And so I was telling our friend Jason O'Neill up in northern Indiana before we moved here, that we, he asked me, where are you planting the church? And I said, Carmel, he's an evangelist. And he started laughing. And I thought, man, this dude's making fun of me because he's an evangelist who wants to go to the more poor places, right? And, and I, I said, dude, are you making fun of us? <laughs> and he said, no, no, nothing like that. He said, it is so significant that you're going to Carmel. And he started prophesying this thing. He said, where Carmel goes, so goes Indy. What flows from Carmel goes into Indy. Carmel is like a deadbolt. Deadbolt. What, do we, what did I say that theme was? Keys, right? Deadbolt. Keys. He said Carmel is like a deadbolt that when it gets unlocked, the kingdom flows in. Whoa. That's higher level of thinking right there. That's amazing, right? So God gave us this building right here for such a time as this. We're on the, if you saw Indianapolis, the circle like a clock, we're on the 12 o'clock area, which I, we felt like that was symbolic prophetically. 
We're right at the opening of the 465, which makes it awesome access. But guess what? We're right next to Keystone Avenue. Keystone Avenue, right where the top of the circle, of the 465, Keystone Avenue, it's the deadbolt opening up from Carmel into Indianapolis. Come on. He will shepherd his flock in the woodlands in the midst of Carmel. Amen? Amen. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. So I just wanted you guys to hear these things. That there's so many prophetic aspects of what God's doing. Um, if, we don't, if we don't take the time to perceive what he's doing, why he's doing it, the message of heaven on it, the, the heaven's eagle eye, bird's eye view of this stuff, we're going to miss things by just doing the normal flow of life, church life. When you see God's painted picture, you see, you see it from a blueprint perspective, you start realizing that there's so much more in God's heart than what meets the eye right now, all right? So I've, I've spent all these weeks trying to share with you guys our, our prophetic encounters and promises God's given to us because I'm trying to pack it into you. I'm trying to sow seeds into your spirits and water them over and over and over so that you can start increasing in your prophetic vision of, of God's plan for this house and this region and that you have a key part in this thing with us. Hallelujah. When God showed me the, the map of the revival fire breaking out in central Indiana and growing outward, like, guess what? I believe that we can see that happen and I believe that you can be a key part of that too. When God told me to possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance, I believe that you guys can be a key part of that with us. And guess what? We need you to be. <laughs> okay? It's a lot of toiling when it's not us collectively, all right? But, but together, we can make things happen. We can see compound interest. And so we need you guys to be a part of this with us. And so I am going to close. And what I'm going to do is I know some of you guys um, have Shoney's dates, so I respect that if you need to get Shoney's, okay? Wherever you go, I don't think there's any Shoney's around here. That's been confirmed to me about 30 times, but I still say it because it's fun. <laughs> I'm going to dismiss you here in a second, okay? And, and you guys are free to go, but I'm also going to offer an invitation um, to, to lay hands on people. This has been in my heart from the very beginning when I started this series. I've been wanting to lay hands because I, I, I want to I wanna release impartations to you if you, if you desire this. And, and for the Lord to unlock your spiritual eyes to be able to perceive prophetically the greater things that God's planning on doing in Overflow Church and in the region. And if Overflow Church is not your home church, I'm totally cool. You can still ask for the, the impartation because whatever God has for you and your people and, and whatever, like God has things for the region, he still can unlock your eyes. But I want to pray for God to unlock your eyes in the spirit to be able to see this more deeply, to be able to feel the glory on it, to be able to feel the anointing of promise on it. To, to be able to see the, 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 the redwood in the pine cone, all right? To be able to see that there's promises that God has already crafted and prepared and put in store for us that we have to possess now, but it's our inheritance. Does that make sense?
I, I, I'm praying for us as a church that, that this stuff will get in you so much that you, are, that you get to the point where you're like, I can't help but to put myself into this more to see this thing happen. Okay? Where, where you're like, I've got to see God come in this way, and I believe this is part of my inheritance too. Does that make sense? That's what we're going to be praying for. So why don't you guys stand? I'm going to close this in prayer. I'm going to pray this for anybody who's watching online real quick too. And then, and then I'm going to have my team who I've already talked to come up. And how we're going to do it, we're just going to do fire tunnel style. I think there's, Darlene, I'm going to need you too. I didn't ask you this. Okay, but we're going to, I think there's going to be like four of us on each side. And you'll walk through this thing. And we're going to lay hands and just ask the Holy Spirit to deposit this stuff deeper and to anchor you to his, to his truths and his promises, okay? That's what we're going to be focusing on when we lay hands. But right now, why don't you guys just pray with me. Lord, I thank you for your promises. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us hope, Lord, for promises. And Lord, that we are going to, excuse me, we're going to hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Lord, I thank you that there is an oak tree in the acorn. I thank you, Lord, that you, that you don't want us to despise the days of small beginnings, but to believe that you have more. God, I, I, I believe that, that um, the promises are yes and amen to you. I also believe, Lord, that the... That the potential is up to us. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you'll, that you'll burn the fire of heaven into our hearts to help us to give a resounding yes to the works that you're wanting to do in the name of Jesus. And so anybody who's watching online or listening who wished you could be here to have your hands laid on you, we just say, Lord, release it on them too in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, let impartations come. Send angels, Lord, to release this on people in the name of Jesus right where they're at. And Lord, as we lay hands on people right now, Lord, that, that you will flow and you'll impart and that you'll send angelic um, encounter to them, Lord, to just bring the increase of this in the name of Jesus.